Hey, Shakes Pals, happy Throwdown Thursday. We are starting a new season today, and I am very excited because I think we are looking at one of the one of the elements of Shakespeare that makes it fundamentally Shakespearean. But I do want to throw a bit of a content warning out there. I will pop on and, and kind of talk through each episode as we go through it. But this is a season about the death scenes in Shakespeare and the characters who are affected, the characters who die, and the way that those scenes happen or don't happen on stage. So if this is not the season for you, I totally understand. It is, you know, something that I think has been really fascinating to get to talk about, but also know that it's a really sensitive topic. So just as a heads up and a warning, that is what the next few episodes are going to be about, and I will put that content warning here as well as in the episode titles so you can have a pretty good idea of what you're getting into. So moving from there, massive congratulations to Tamara Rataller for winning last week's Who Would You Give Magic To uh, with Lady Macduff. It was so cool to get to talk about a production of Macduff. Beth that would have all of the witches having magic as well as Lady Macduff and Lady Macbeth and seeing the implications of that is a really fun thing to get to think about so thank you so much tomorrow for coming on and and letting me have that chat this week we've got Gwen Coburn on and this is one of those things where we connect up randomly on Twitter and then I find out that we know so many of the same people in the real world from doing comedy in Boston. So what a fun, wild way for the internet to work. And Gwen was such a great guest. We talk about the, uh, the coolest or most badass death scene in all of Shakespeare. And again, two scenes that we haven't gotten to talk much about uh, or about at all on this podcast. And it's, it was really fun and exciting. And I loved getting to chat about it and getting to chat with Gwen. So... I hope you all enjoy it. If you do, tell a friend. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash p2mpod and enjoy the show. Welcome to Protest Too Much, a Shakespeare showdown podcast where a guest and I go head to head each week and you get to decide who wins. Okay, so today we are talking about the coolest death scene in all of Shakespeare. And with me, I've got, she's a comedian, she's a writer, she's a musician. I've got Gwen Coburn. Gwen, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk about some Shakespearean death. <laughs> We're gonna get dramatic. Um, go ahead and let everyone know a little bit about yourself, where they can find you and your work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I am a comedian, a songwriter, and an actress. And you can find more about me and my writings and my work at GwenCoburn.com. Um, I started out acting and singing. Um, that's what I did for years and was avidly reading plays all the time. And then I graduated from grad school. I went to grad school for music. And I thought to myself, I need a hobby. I need a hobby. You know, when that, that moment where your art gets like, you're like, this was my hobby, but now it's my thing. Yeah. Um, so I picked up comedy as a hobby and then that became my thing. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is that I can't take a hobby. Um, I, f I feel yeah. that on a really, uh, really uncomfortable level. <laughs> 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of artists are like, I'm just stumbling from one hobby to the next. Like, yep. how do people just take up knitting? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, honestly, like I, it was suggested to me that I find a, it was a quote, non-productive hobby. And I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah. What, what, explain it to me. Can you, what do you mean by that? Uh, so like I do crossword puzzles now and I guess that's as non-productive as I'm going to get. <laughs> Listen, I believe in you that one day you will make that into a lucrative career. Honestly, I'm going to do like a daily podcast on the New York Times crossword of the day. Uh, mm -hmm. The ideas are already spinning, but I'm trying to like at least give myself a couple months of, you know, just yeah. hobbying. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take it. Take it slow. Give yourself, you know, a cool 60 days. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> before you're monetizing. Um, and one of the things that I did uh, that really kind of combined all of those things, um, I love Shakespeare, love reading Shakespeare. It was always a big part of my life. Um, then I got into a Boston improv troupe that does improvised five act Shakespeare plays called Something Wicked. And I was performing with them, I think since about 2018. At Improv Boston? Uh, yeah, originally at Improv Boston. Now they kind of float around everywhere. <laughs> Something Wicked is a, a beast of its own. Well then, I so I trained at Improv Boston. And really? I feel like I saw the very first show of their Shakespeare improv, but it was in like 2017, maybe 2016. Yes, 100%. That's so wild. What a small, weird world. It truly is. Knowing that you have like a history in music and opera makes this topic even more exciting to me because I feel like if there's anything that competes with like the level of drama of a Shakespeare death scene, it is an opera death scene because not only are they dying but they are yeah. singing while they're doing it yeah i mean it's very uh i think what i love about shakespeare I, no offense to opera people but also it's a little bit of shade coming at you right now is that like i love shakespeare because it is so dramatic and over the top but my favorite thing is it also doesn't feel like it's unaware of how ridiculous the whole thing is a little bit um which, you know, depending on the staging, depending on the production nowadays, yeah, I you think can where lose it, that. I think where it fails sometimes for Shakespeare is when they don't recognize that uh, melodrama and you're like, oh, you're serious, huh? Yeah, Likes. exactly. Yeah, you're like, oh, I, I feel like taking it a little bit too seriously. <laughs> I don't know if that's in the text. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that's textually. I don't know if... Uh, draw if like sincere drama is textually supported here <laughs> exactly um and i i feel that way about opera too where i'm like yeah i think and it makes sense that i ended up being a comedian because i'm like oh like i love when things are self-aware and pithy and like satirical and shakespeare just does that so well yeah so yeah well I'm, so I'm excited to hear what you think is the most, I think we're framing this as like coolest or like most badass death in all yeah. of Shakespeare. So this is, this is an interesting thing. Cause you're right. Coolest is a very interesting word. Yeah. It's like coolest for who and coolest, <laughs> like how, um, Great question. which I'm very excited about. 
I think I have the coolest death picked out. Okay. I think I do. And it it's Cleopatra and Auntie and Cleopatra. It's gonna I be, think it's got everything. It's going to be hard to argue that one. But yeah. who do I think has the coolest death? Oh, okay. This is going to seem like I'm being mean, but I promise you <laughs> I'm not. I'm Great. genuinely interested. Okay. Uh, Clarence? Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Right. Well, and here's where coolest comes into play. Because is anything about Clarence cool? Decidedly, no. Decidedly, no. Clarence is not a cool dude. Uh, Is like the staging cool? Is the scene cool? Especially like coming from my point of view, where I love something that is dark and funny. And I love wine. Yeah. So (laughs) we've got all our bases covered. Right. Really? Um, Woo, yeah. I am I'm kind of excited to look at that from a different angle or argue it from a different angle, but let me hear you go first, uh, with Cleopatra because oh, yes. I mean, I feel like I'm cheating, <laughs> but she's amazing, first of all. I adore this Cleopatra. And I think it's easy to be dismissive of her, especially in like modern feminist context. But she is a badass and she controls her narrative from beginning to end. Yep. Um, I think textually, it's just like, oh, nom, 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 nom. So good. Like you look at, (laughs) uh, it's very heavy handed in act one when she says he calls me his snake of the Nile. But like, then you remember that people are going to be sitting there for like hours before it gets called back. And you're like, oh. Yeah, no, people will remember that because it was so clear. Um, I think her death is really cool for a number of reasons. One, point one, the clown, right? It Providing some levity. We've got like a whole Abbott and Costello routine in the middle of her death scene, uh, which is just like complex. And again, Shakespeare's so self-aware where he's like, I'm not going to milk this for like nine pages and not have something fun let's have something fun two i mean the snakes she is a snake and she gets bit by a snake uh and she like does it to herself she's like so in control of these like wild animals amazing uh and the third one which i love is how she just straight up kills a woman by kissing her a couple seconds before her own death and it's just like, yep, that's the thing. Do we talk about it? No. No, we don't talk about it. It just happens. And she's like, I guess I'm also a snake. That's amazing. Well, 10 out of 10, Cleopatra. 10 out of 10. <laughs> it's so good because like that scene is, I, I've never really thought about the addition of the clown being like such needed, such necessary levity. And it, Especially because once you, I mean, the whole, like, once Antony dies, like, that's it. Like, it, the whole play and the text around his death leading up to Cleopatra's. And there's so much, like, there's so much heaviness and yeah. there's so much heaviness not surrounding the death. And, the like, the idea of being dragged through the streets of Rome by Octavius Caesar, like, there's so much post-play implication of what, could happen to her and like you said she takes her narrative into her own hands like she is in charge of her fate 
And then we got this with, uh, like, we've got this moment of, like, why is this happening right now? Yeah, but you need right. it. Like, and it just keeps going. Like, I think he says the line, oh, I want to look it up, the, yeah. the direct line, but where he's like, uh, <laughs> enjoy the worm. Like, he says it twice. <laughs> and you're just like, that is, I mean, the audacity to be like, yep, we're going to say it again. Uh, just in case you didn't last the first time, you left the second time. Let me get you one more time. Let me get Isn't you that one more time. Honestly, the crux of comedy, though, like, I don't think you heard my joke. You, yeah. I didn't hear enough laughter. I'm going to retweet myself so that you can hear it this time. And it's so Shakespeare. Like, I think, you know, we were talking about people taking it too seriously. One of my favorite things to remember is being like, oh, yeah, everyone there, you know, it's this big open air theater and everyone's drunk. And it's been hours. And it's just like, yep, if you got a joke, say it again, because they did not hear you the first time. Yeah. I yeah. love it. I oh. uh, it really does and it is so it's so moving and it's so heartbreaking and then looking at Carmian and Iris in their uh mm-hmm. like just their devotion and their love and the love that the th- those three women have for each other it, that's beautiful yeah um, and there's so much wording about like the women being important to each other for for a play that's so driven by lots of men who feel they're really important there's a lot of word about women supporting other women even though you know there's the classic octavia kind of yeah mess <laughs> you know uh antony you know. and cleopatra does pass the bechdel wallace test as a fun i love that fun little fyi <laughs> uh I, the I lowest of low bars and this one succeeds <laughs> the bar is in the ground but by god <laughs> we walked over it <laughs> um but have you considered Gwen, have mm-hmm. you considered that Clarence's death is uh, the coolest? Because I have. <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, I'm just thinking about the staging. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like as you as you mentioned, the staging of it, the grandeur of it, and this scene is so drawn out. It is such a long scene. We have Clarence talking to his murderers forever. Um, so when he finds out he's about to be murdered, um, it is line 175, 6, 7, 179. Second murder, um, Clarence is like, wherefore do you come? Second murder says two, two, two. And Clarence is like, to murder me? <laughs> Which like, great, uh, context clues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's 179. And then he doesn't die until uh where are we 270 278 oh and stabs him yeah so stabs him at 280 so we've got a hundred lines of clarence like in the two murderers building up to this death and if there's one thing we want to see it's like we want to know what's coming it's like any suspense movie you know when they open the the closet door the closet the cellar door, the basement door. <laughs> you know when they're going something dark, uh, somewhere dark. You know that something bad is going to happen. Like the whole audience is screaming, "Clarence, run! Clarence, run!" Because we've seen what the murderers are there for, and then we get it to his face, and then it still goes on and on and on. And also, he gets stabbed, and then that's not enough. That's not no. enough for him 
he's 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 drowned in a a butt of wine. Uh, poor Clarence. Poor Clarence. Like I mean, but also maybe like as you know, he's been stabbed. He's suffering quite a bit. He knows he's dying, and then like mm-hmm. gets to get a little lit on the way out. Yeah, I mean, it's like a murder slash rager, <laughs> to be honest. Uh. I love that he kind of almost talks them out of it, too. Yeah. And he's not, like, a suave guy. Like, no. we're not looking at Richard III, like, being all, like, uh, 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 sly. Yeah, this he's is a Clarence nerd. just being, like, his doofy self. And the murderers are like, should we not kill this dude? What if you didn't, though? And yeah. <laughs> I think that, obviously, he does not succeed. So, like, it doesn't, it doesn't work. Right, but yeah. at least he tries. At least he's fighting. At least the audience is screaming along with them. The the second and third murder, or the first and second murderer, I feel like are really good audience interactive pieces. Um, yeah. Because when you go, I love theaters that encourage um, yelling and vocal participation. And like, I just imagine when the the murderers are like, should we not do this? The whole audience being like, don't do it, don't do it. And other people being like, do it, he's such a dork. Yeah, I like. I was like, this is such a prime opportunity for an audience to be drunkenly screaming, kill him. Right. Like, drown him in the wine, because they even set up. Clarence tells us what's going to go down. So, like, I imagine the barrel being there. Must them, it's almost like a dunk tank. Them being like, should we do it? A dunk tank, oh should no. Should we do it? <laughs> like, Throw in lettuce heads, tomatoes at the little uh, paddle. Like it, because it is such an uncool death, it becomes very cool because it is so interactive. It's so goofy. It's so fun. Yeah. And I think that where I'm going to, where I'm going to root my argument, the one, Mm -hmm. the one thing that I'm going to do to outcool you. Okay. Is that nobody wants Cleopatra to die. Yeah, that's I think true. as an audience, like if, you know, the play is done <laughs> right, um, yeah. nobody is going to be cheering for this or nobody is going to be wanting this. It is going to be with the levity of the clown event like it is going to be a heavy scene because we know what's coming. Um, yeah. We know that like this is sad. With Clarence, yeah. and it's so early in the play. Like, Richard has murdered so many people, and he is going to murder so many more. We've got a whole, yeah. like, 15 ghosts that are coming in the last act of the play. Like, Oh, it's so good. We know what's coming, and we know what's been. And so, like, Clarence is just this, like, moment of, oh, okay, I guess we're kicking things off with a, you know, a bottle of wine. Yeah, it's an easy murder. Yeah. Like, it's an easy killing. Uh, I, I did just remember one more thing about Cleopatra's death that I really love, which actually, I want to hear what you think about, because we've been talking about, oh, like Shakespeare's Martin didn't take himself too seriously. This one almost gets so meta for me that I'm like, I sit with it for a moment. When she talks about, I'm going to be played by some young boy with a squeaky voice and he's going to play me as a whore. And I'm like, this has so many layers, Shakespeare. <laughs> like, what do, what do you want me to think? Do you want me to think that, like, that's what happened? Or are you trying to make fun of people in the audience who are, like, laughing because it is a man? Like, what are you what are you doing? It's, it's times like that where, and I, I will not entertain authorship questions. I just won't. 
Uh, but it's the this w- is your podcast and you make the rules. I will not. If, you, if you're Roland Emmerich, you're not invited on my podcast. No. Um, uh, <laughs> can you imagine boring. if I was like, no? Yeah, no. Uh, only this- uh, comedians you've met over Twitter. That's once. it. That's um, it. <laughs> so this is the the only thing that I will entertain is like Shakespeare was a woman because there are some mm. things that he writes that I'm like, you can't. I don't know how you, a man, could understand that feeling of uh, powerlessness. Yeah. And also to like take that shot. I mean, Shakespeare often takes shot at like kind of the absurdity of Mm -hmm. theatricality but it doesn't feel comedic in that moment and to have that sort of interesting perspective on what is a very normal gendered thing at that time to like make a commentary about it in the middle of this death and you're right after all the comedy's done like it's very clear they're like we're done with the yuck yucks like yep but now let me make this really serious commentary kind of about the way we portray gender in our theaters. It's very weird. It's super weird. And it I mean, is snaps, but weird. Yeah. I don't know if you've read, I think I mentioned it on the show before. Um, but if you've read women of will by Tina Packer, Oh, I haven't. But yes, I'm like familiar. It's I absolutely recommend it. The only drawback of that book is that as soon as I finished it or as I was reading it, I was like, well, now I need to play this. Now I need to play this role. Now I need to play this role. Now I need to Mm. play this role. I had never considered wanting to play this role before, but now I need to. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, oh, well, the list goes on and on. Let me play the lion, too, especially if she's a strong, independent woman. Yes, I will We know take the lions it. are. We know the lions that are going out and doing stuff are the lady lions. The <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's how that that's how lions work. <laughs> um but I there's this just whole commentary on Cleopatra obviously. I mean it kind of goes through the stages of Shakespeare's writing for women and how he evolves through his like kind of five act structure of how he plays them or how he writes them, I mean. And that's a really good thing to call out about this death scene is that we have had comedy we know what's coming we've got that grand drama and that melodrama because cleopatra is quite melodramatic uh Mm -hmm. through the play itself but that's that one time where it really dips her death dips into like very sincere agony and helplessness yeah yeah and it's it's just so interesting that that's the moment that it sort of like steps out of the play as well uh normally you're right when like we step out of the play it's it's normally to to be silly and this time she's like stepping out of the play and being very very serious very very dark yeah um it's such a tortured moment too right because no one wants her to die but also there's there's nothing good and in like at least from a modern viewpoint it's like this is the most empowering choice that she can make yeah they harp on that so much um, like, oh, what's it going to be like if I'm just paraded through and like, you know, the descriptions of how gross it will be. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just such an interesting viewpoint from her too, because sometimes she can be so like melodramatic and over the top. Um, and this feels, I guess it is melodramatic, but it feels very like real and raw. Like I imagine being uncomfortable in the audience back then and being like, 
Are this is this part of the show? Yeah. Is this part of the show? <laughs> Did I buy tickets to the wrong show? thing? Was, this yeah. is, is, was it over? Did it end? Um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't shake from my head right now. Um, I'm, I'm not going to go deep into, into spoilers, but I just saw Death on the Nile. Um, and Ooh, I love, I mean, I love a good Poirot. Yes. I do. It's one of my favorite Poirot books. I teach it. Um, I love it. And they, because it's Kenneth Branagh, he added a whole bunch of Antony and Cleopatra stuff. Interesting. And one of the things that I love about Poirot and murder mysteries in general is how melodramatic they are. They're not serious. Like, they're fluff pieces. And so to add this, like, absolute melodrama of Gal Gadot doing Cleopatra's lines, (gasps) I'm like, oh, my gosh. This is, like a dream like I I don't even know if the world can handle this much over overacting melodrama and you know like I am I'll admit I am staunchly team Suchet uh as Poirot goes but but I think that's actually like a moment where I'm like good for you Branna because like it's in the way that Shakespeare is constantly referencing uh the antiquities Mm mm-hmm Agatha Christie is constantly doing that with Shakespeare and like Always. doing that same thing. So to like really highlight that is is such a nice and smart thing that I think does sometimes no shade, Suchet, don't come for me, does sometimes get lost in the other translations a little bit is like how heavily she does also reference like the tropes of Shakespeare. Yeah, it was just a really fun. Uh, so I'm glad to get to talk to talk about Cleopatra right now because like it's been in my mind as this just like really just uh over the top uh element that they added to the movie and like overall i loved the movie i thought it was great um okay but also i loved i love all agatha christie and i love most film adaptations so like i'm not an i'm not a hard sell have you seen the malkovich one no it's weird it's real weird i I don't want to say I don't recommend it, but like, it's an experience. It's definitely, it's different. I want to say it's on Amazon Prime. Okay. So oh, the, the ABC Murders. The um, ABC Murders. No, I haven't. Um, I think because I, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've read that one, but I haven't watched it. So I will have to, I'll have to try it. Yeah, check it happens. out. Let me know what you think. Oh, Send well. me a tweet. Uh, <laughs> let's let's tweet about Agatha Christie uh, <laughs> going forward. I'm glad we connected over that. Right? Y'all, Ugh. why don't you tweet along with us? Uh, everyone listening, let us know what you think about Agatha Christie, first of all. Second of all, <laughs> what you think about the coolest death in Shakespeare. Is it Cleopatra or is it <laughs> is it Clarence? And I It's got to be Clarence, right? <laughs> I want to laugh when I say cool and Clarence in the same sentence. I know. That's like <laughs> I I promise it's sincere, but it really does feel it it feels it like feels you're like playing dirty if you're yeah. saying Clarence and cool. Uh but theatrically it's pretty cool. <laughs> and I mean memorable to say the least. Um sure. y'all can vote on Twitter at P2M Pod, Facebook at P2M Pod, or on Instagram at Serious Business Network. Gwen, thank you so much for this. Uh let everyone know again where they can find you. Yeah, totally. Um uh, my name is Gwen Coburn. I'm a comedian, and if you want to read some of my stuff or catch some of what I'm doing, 
GwenCoburn.com. Or you can follow me on all the things at Sad Girl Songs Gwen. It's S-A-D-G-R-L-S-O-N-G-S-G-W-E-N. I had to spell that because girl is missing an I, but I almost forgot how to spell every other word in that. You can probably hear it in my voice. I, I truly struggled. It'll be uh, it'll be linked in the show notes as well. So you don't even have to spell it, dear listeners. You oh, can just you know. ABC your way down to our show notes. Oh, hey. take that, Malkovich. You know what? I love you all. Goodbye. <laughs> Serious business.